You know, in, in the face of our current political uncertainties, uh, in the face of a future that seems to be a little bit blurred, but we've got this confidence in God that He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so we can approach the future with confidence and boldness. Amen. That's encouraging for me at least. I'm not afraid of the future because I know that God holds the future in His hands. And so I'm going to continue on that series. Pastor Carol, last of last week, talked about excellence. That each one of us uh, has to be excellent in our work, in the way we do life, and so forth and so on. And then last week, Pastor Andrew played us an awesome video of how we as Christians should play a role in, in our country, uh, in our society, and so forth and so on. And so this morning, I'm going to continue with a very boring subject called education. Amen. <laughs> and so I thought I would have this here just to make it a little bit light, that it doesn't become too serious. All right. So just relax and don't make me too tense. I thought many people could be like me that, you know, I never really enjoyed going to school, but I had to. <laughs> How many of us felt like me? Like, you know, you, it's, a, it's not something you enjoyed when you're very early in the morning to go to school, but you knew it was right for you to do. Um, and especially, we, we had a, I don't think my handwriting is that great now because of that. We had, we had a subject called calligraphy. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and um, you had like lines like this in a book. You see, I can't even, <laughs> I can't make lines very well. <laughs> and we had to write funny. Like when you're writing an L, you go like this, you go up, you come down. Uh, you, do you remember that? <laughs> And I never used to enjoy that. <laughs> then when I go to high school, we had technical drawing. I, again, I don't know if I'm technical. Uh, I could be very creative in my thinking, but I'm not very technical. I can be technical to change bulbs in my house, but not as technical as that. But we, you know the compass. Now, we have these big compasses that we had to use, and you would have to kind of focus it on one point, and then cross the other side around. And my point would always try to move like this as I'm crossing that thing around. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make, it was never fun. But I knew that it was very important for me to do. Isn't that a good introduction to relax you? There we go. I believe, family, that God has called each and every one of us to be influential. Uh, God has called each one of us to be, not necessarily famous, but God has called each one of us to be influential. Why? Because He is the most influential being that the world has ever known. And He has influenced us, and therefore we can be influential. You know, Matthew puts it this way, he says, you are the salt of the earth. And what would happen if you lose your taste? It says you become good for nothing but to be thrown out and be trampled underfoot. And I don't want to be a good-for-nothing person. I want to be good for something. 
And in order for me to be good for something, I've got to be able to exert some influence in the area and the sphere that God has placed me in. Each one of us can be, you could be a teacher, or you could be an IT person, or you could be a car dealer, or somebody who sells cars, you could be, whoever you are, God has given you a place where you can exert an, 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 an influence. Each one of us. Jesus was not suggesting that you could be sought, he says, you are sought. But the only choice we have is to be good for nothing. And so I was reading up on just the history of our nation and a little bit of the uh, Americans. You know, some, the Americans have got so much online, so when you're searching for something, you ended up going to the American stuff. So I had to force myself to find South African content. But I was just reading up on our history and understanding that the, the foundation of, of our country, of our democracy especially, has been on Christian values, Christian men and women who have understood the value of education and who have stood up and spoken even in the midst of adversity, in the midst of challenges, in fact challenges that seemed to be so insurmountable, yet they stood up and spoke against that. And so, I have this picture. This is Harvard University. This university was founded by John Harvard, who is an English preacher. He founded this. This is the first and the oldest university in the U.S. It is amongst, even to this day, the most prestigious universities in the world. It wasn't founded by some politicians. It was founded by a Christian man, a preacher of the gospel, who understood the value of education. That it's important for us to be able to teach our, our families, our children, education from the biblical point of view. And as such, he started Harvard University. And I had a, this man, some of you might recognize him. This is Ora Tambo. I was reading up on him. He was born in the Eastern Cape. He went to a missionary primary school and went to a missionary uh, high school before he came to Joburg to further his education. In fact, he says in one of his um, uh, biographies that how he remembers his mother having church in the house. And this is what he said. Okay, now, you must understand this is not an endorsement of any political party, okay? Uh, in fact, I, as I was thinking of this, I thought, we are not choosing sides. We're not here to choose sides. We are here to take over, all right? <laughs> so, so we're not of this or that. We are here to take over. All right, so this is what he says. He says, it is part of a proud history of the African National Congress that amongst its founders are early, uh, sorry, amongst its founders and early leaders are to be found such two Christians as John Dube, first president of the ANC, minister of the Congregational Church. The last one really fascinated me. Reverend uh, uh, W.B. Uh, Rubasana, one of the four original vice presidents of the ANC, co-translator of the Kosa Bible and vice chairman of the Congregation Congregational Union of South Africa. 
These are the people that fought for our democracy. This is a man who co-translated the Bible. And these, these were people that, that founded this kind of democracy that we have today. There were people that had the mind that, that, that was almost propensed towards education. How about this one? You might recognize this one. This is Bears No Deer. You know how much teaching and preaching can teach you. So, <laughs> this is Bears No Deer. Bears No Deer studied at uh, uh, Stellenbosch University. He did theology there. He was a preacher. Initially, he was part of the Dutch Reformed Church. Later on, when the Lord laid it on his heart, to fight against apartheid. He started using his influence in the church to bring different churches together into reconciliation. We all know about him, and this is what he said. There we go. This is what he said. He said, you can never be fully human unless you've discovered the humanity in other human beings. Don't close your eyes to the injustices of your own country by trying to solve the injustices of another country. That's an evasion of Christian responsibility. No, we see all these great leaders, leaders of integrity, and they were Christians and they had influence. You've heard the saying that for evil to continue reigning is for good men to do nothing. And sometimes we are more guilty of our silence than of what we say. Uh, sometimes we, we are judged by society because when there's a talk show uh, somewhere on 702 or on Metro FM, we criticize what other people say, but we remain silent and our views are never known. God has called us to influence. Amen. God has called us to influence. And so I want us to read the story of these men who were so influential. We've been in the book of Daniel. Pastor Kara has already given the background to this book, so if you really want the background to the book of Daniel, please listen to Pastor Kara's messages. But I'll start here, Daniel chapter 1, verse 4. This is the king. The king has given command to the official who was in charge of his household and said to him, this is what he said to him, I want you to find young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking. I, I thought of myself when they said good looking. But, <laughs> look, I thought I would qualify if I was there, but <laughs> gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand who have the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach. I want you to underline this the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, of the wine which he drank. And three years, again underline that, three years of training for them. So that at the end of that time they might serve before the king 
Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now we've all learned from Pastor Carol's messages how powerful Daniel was. Alright, how Daniel was thrown in the lion's den and God preserved his life. We've seen the kind of influence that, that Daniel had in the house of the king when, when he would give counsel to the king and then the king would implement the things that Daniel would say to him. And so we see that. Yes, we see the character of God in Daniel. We see that when he was asked to bow down to that idol, he refused to do That's godly character. But Daniel didn't just have godly character. Daniel was trained for three years before he started serving in the king's palace. He was trained mainly in two things, in the language and in the literature. Now, I did literature in school. Literature is something that is recorded, written in books by other people. In other words, Daniel had to apply his mind to reading the stuff that was there. Now, I want you to understand this. The king's house is a place of influence. Do you agree with me? It is the place where policies are made. It is the place where laws are passed that will affect you and your family and your business and everything else that you do. Now, in order to work in the house of the king, that would mean that I'm becoming part of the decision-making body. In other words, my voice is not only going to be heard in my own household, my voice is going to be heard in the nation. God has called all of us as kings and priests. He has called all of us to co-labor with Him. But how can we make those big decisions if we have not learned the language and the literature of the kingdom? And so Daniel and his companions had to learn both the language and the literature. Now the language and the literature for me means education. Do you agree with me? It means education. Now you might be here and you're wondering, well, but... but you know, it, it's too late for me. I've never been educated or, or, or this or that or that. I want us to have a can-do attitude as we continue this message. Like it's never too late. I have this can-do attitude. My mother-in-law, in fact, she's 62, 63 this year, and she's studying. And we hosted her this past week, and she was just so excited. She's writing exams next week, and she's excited. I'm serious. She's excited to write exams. And she's going to write board exams after her degree. And it's just amazing to see this. A can-do attitude. And so they had to learn the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Why? I believe I'll give us two reasons and then we're going to move on. The first reason is this. I believe education broadens your vision. Education broadens your vision. You never know what is beyond you until somebody tells you so. You might live life thinking just your surrounding is everything there is. You know, this is a picture of Table Mountain. I went to visit my wife and I went to visit our friends in 2012 in Cape Town. Now, when you get to the top of the mountain, you see this binocular. And, and of, obviously, you, when you look with your naked eyes, you can't see anything. But the moment you look through these binoculars, you, you begin to see further 
than you could. And sometimes education does that for you. You just feel like you're miserable. You feel like you can't achieve anything in life. You feel like your life has come to an end. Maybe get an education. It shows you that, that there's something beyond where you are. It gives you the life that is beyond the horizon. Education broadens your vision. Suddenly you begin to think of starting a business. Suddenly you begin to think of doing something because you're educated. In fact, when, when you read through history, somebody said, I can't remember who, that the most marginalized people and the poor people were people that were deprived of education. And the only way to keep them in poverty and to keep them marginalized was to deprive them of education. And the moment they began to be exposed to education, they suddenly realized, well, I shouldn't be living the life I am living. What well, I shouldn't be talking the way I'm talking. Why? Because of education. And I was reading again and again countless numbers of people that died just to get an education. And I thought, man, I'm so privileged that I can just go online and register. There were people who had to die to go to school. There were women that fought their way in schools even when they were marginalized. But today, it is at our disposal, and yet, sometimes we choose not to go for it. Education broadens your vision. And secondly, education gives you knowledge. Isn't that obvious? <laughs> that education gives you knowledge. It gives you knowledge. Tell you a story. Uh, I told this story last week. In grade eight, I um, I had some teenage issues. Um, my dad had passed away, and my mom never told me that my dad had passed away. So I only got to know that my dad had actually passed away when I was about ten. And so I didn't know how much that had affected me until I was in about grade grade. Eight, grade nine. And then this one time, I just became rebellious. When I became rebellious, I, you know, my mom would always give me school fees money in an envelope to go and pay. <laughs> this time, I chose to say, you know what, I had friends that we would play cards with for money. And I thought, you know what, I would take this money and play with my friends and I'll make more money than I'll pay my school fees and keep the money that I'll make from this. <laughs> so to me, that sounded like it was a good plan. Unfortunately, I tried it and it didn't work for the first month. And so my school fees money was gone. Now, obviously, I'd, I couldn't tell my, my mom that uh, I, my school fees was gone. So I thought when she gives me the second month's school fees, I will play with it make more money for, for the month I didn't pay <laughs> and for this month and still have extra money left for me. And I tried. Unfortunately, again, it didn't work. Everything was gone. 
Now, I couldn't go back. I couldn't go to school because then they kept asking me to bring money. Now, I couldn't go back home and tell my mom that I needed to bring money because she had given me money to bring to school. And so I decided to stay out of school for over a month without my mom knowing. And um, <laughs> at the end of that term, now, she had to come to school to collect my, my results, obviously. And, um, and, and when she came, you know, I just, I, there was nothing I could do now because she has to come, you know. What I, mean? I wish I could trick her not in, into not coming. When she came to school and, you know, the class teacher obviously told her, you know, your son hasn't been coming to school. You know, I've always been a tall guy, and so my mom couldn't, like, beat me. You get what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I was already 13. She was a bit scared of me. Like, you know, this guy is tall. I don't know what he's going to do next. But so she just started sobbing and crying. Now, you know, there's, there's, there are different types of cries. You know, you, you, there's a crying for joy. <laughs> there's a crying for sadness. And there's a crying for just deep disappointment. You know, my mom never had an education. She got married when she was 14. And, you know, she had my first uh, sister when she was 15. And, and so, although she never had an education, but education was so big for her. And I'm the last born of 12, so she felt like she had succeeded and she was pushing for me. And when I saw that disappointment, I promised her that I was going to go back to school and do well. And praise God, I did so well in that year that my name was on the school notice board for one of the best achievers in the school that same year. So there's redemption. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I look back today, I look at how much I know now compared to the friends that I used to play with, the friends that we used to zweepy with, the friends that we used to play cards with. Most of them, when you talk to them, you can't reason with them. They feel like there's no hope out there. When I'm feeling hopeful just because I, I know more than they do, Education gives you knowledge. It gives you knowledge. And I think I've got the knowledge now, both because of education and because of people around me. Amen. But there's a scripture that I want us to read. And I've got five minutes to finish because we've got an excellent presentation for you today. This is Daniel again. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. It says, in the first year of his reign... I, Daniel, understood by the books. I want you to underline that by the books, the numbers of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in desolations of Jerusalem. Now, here's the background to the story. Daniel is in captivity with the children of Israel in Babylon. They didn't know that God had prophesied that, that they would only be here for 70 years. And after 70 years, their freedom will come. And as such, they should be liberated. Now, here they're suffering and they're crying. And they have no knowledge of the fact that the number of years that God had prophesied had almost come to an end. 
And so the Bible says one day Daniel applied his mind. He said, by the books. He studied the books and he understood that, hey, the time of our salvation is now. That the time that God prophesied for us to be liberated is now. And sometimes because we don't study, because we don't educate ourselves, we even miss our divine moments. I'll give you a scripture in Acts chapter 7. Now, this is Peter telling his story. And then here is the point that he makes which interests me. And talking about Moses, when Moses saw... uh, um, that injustice in Egypt and he decided to act upon it, this is what Peter says of him. He says, For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, referring to the hand of Moses, that but they did not understand. These people were in, in slavery, in captivity for 430 years. God had said, you will only be there for 400 years. They spent 30 years of captivity and suffering. Why? Because they had no understanding of the books and the things that God has said. And sometimes we don't only just miss physical and natural things. When we refuse to educate ourselves, we even miss divine appointments. We miss times of our visitations. We miss times of our deliverance. Amen. I'm going to invite an awesome, awesome teacher from King's School because I really want us, here's my challenge before I invite her. And I know all of us are at different phases in life. All right? Some of you might have PhDs, Others of you might have masters. Others of you must have, might have none. And, and, and that's fine. Here's my challenge. My challenge is, if you don't have any, start somewhere. It's never too late. It's never too late. I had a, a picture of Natalie Dutoy. And I was reading up on her. And how in 2000, I think 2002, she was on a scooter in Cape Town, and she, uh, she was ran over by a car, and her leg, left leg had to be amputated. She had three months to go to the Olympics. For many people, you just say, man, there's no hope. God doesn't love me. My leg has just been amputated, but I have to go swim. But she went ahead. And this is what it is said of her. It says she went to qualify that year for finals of the 800-meter freestyle event at the 2002 Commonwealth Games. Now, this is what I thought was very profound. She won in 2004, 2008, and 2012 gold medals at the Paralympic Games. Because there was an I-can-do attitude. And so my challenge is... Do something. The second part, if you're a parent here, just like my mom, stay close to your children. Tell them the importance of education. Don't leave it to the teachers. Be the first one to educate them. 
And so thirdly, support teachers. And so please come, Angela. And I'm going to introduce Angela. Angela is an amazing teacher here at, at King's School. And they've got an awesome, awesome project that they run. And she's going to share on the project. Be praying and see how you can support, partner, walk, participate, get involved. And so please, can we welcome Angela as she's coming up to speak. Thank you, Angela. Thanks. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to start with a quick video just to give you a bit of a background. Um, and then I'll go into the discussion. Thanks. Although more than a teacher in the academy is helping me to do the things I want to do in life. Growing up, you always have these parents of how you want to be a better person, how you want to change the situation at all. We all come from different situations in life. And we need something in life that will pick us up to be where we want to be. And the ACSI more than a teacher in academy is doing that. Initiative, the program in itself, connects the little Fernandos like me to opportunities out there in the world. So you out there listening as well, it can help you to be where you want to be in life because it connects you to, uh, to opportunities, not just opportunities, but opportunities where you get first-hand experience because I'm studying through UNIS, I only get the fear of it, but through the program, through the initiative, I also get the practical part of it. So by the time I have a degree to show that I am qualified for it, I also have quite experience in that work. Thank you. 
Right. So basically, the King School West Rand saw a couple of years ago, their board members came together and they saw that our country has a dire need for teachers. We've got people leaving, going overseas. And ladies and gentlemen, we've been birthed by Christ in this nation for a reason. We are put here as Christians to stand and to be the light for everyone else. And a lot of our good quality teachers have left and are still leaving. And it's leaving a big deficit within the community, not only to teach our youth, but to raise up the new generation of teachers. The teachers that are going to impact the generations that are to come, that are going to rule this country and that are going to be the next ones to take the baton and move on. So seeing the need, um, they prayerfully got together and they decided they're going to start a program. The colleges, the teaching colleges were closed down many years ago. And because of it, there's a big deficit between what you learn in theory and what you know as a teacher, what you get when you practice, when you're actually among the, in the classes, among the people, in the fields. So they decided to start this program. So in 2014, they had seven student teachers that are people studying to become teachers. And they decided to put them into this program where they learn um, and they go on a course themselves. So over and above the education that they're getting from long distance, let's say UNISA, they go and they get practical experience and they do assessments from philosophy of education, but it's Christian-based education. It's taking this word and saying, everything I do in my classroom is going to have this as my foundation. This is my starting point. If I'm doing science, science isn't just a bunch of people going to research. It's linking it to this because this is our base. This is where we come from, and this is who we are, and this is what we stand on. So this course basically grows, and we had the seven teachers and in five different partner schools. Today, this year, we've got 22 teachers in 15 partner schools. And some of our partner schools, it's private and public. It goes from, um, you've got MG Mufasa, you've got Lesejo Primary, we've got the Vineyard, um, Discovery, Florida Park. There's a whole bunch of schools within the region and Day Springs, um, Children Village, and we keep growing. We keep looking for partnering schools. At the moment, the King School West Rand is carrying many of the costs on the payroll. Because these students are getting stipends, um, that money is then obviously being paid and they're using that obviously for transport and to pay for their education as well, as well as all the documents and the process and the, the program that they're getting from the school. They meet once a month as a major group where we do spiritual development with them. We sit and we reflect on scripture. We encourage each other. We speak about how, if I'm teaching economics, how do I teach my learners that the economics of God, stewardship, Burning the schools, what is that going to help us in the future if our kids don't learn this and they don't get that essence of stewardship and where we're going with it? What does God say we are and who we are? Our nation's never going to be able to grow. We're never going to be able to develop. We need Christ in our schools, Christ in our centers. And to get that, we need teachers who are teaching these children, who are in there with them, hands on saying, come guys, let's guide you towards what his word says. Let's guide you in your relationship with him. Because being a Christian isn't just about, I'm going to church. We need the church. We need the congregation. But we need a relationship with God. It's about, do I know him at the end of the day? Can we get our youth in South Africa to know him, to be with him, to want to be deeper related to him on a level that's not just used for discipline? God says this, so blah, 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 blah. Seeing it as an old man who's standing there with a whip. So I was on the course last year. Um, I'm going to share with you some of the things that I saw. And you go into the schools, and yes, we're 20 years into democracy, well over. But there's some schools out there, ladies and gentlemen, that the change is not great. You go there, and as you pitch up to a school, there's five classrooms. 
and the teachers see you coming and they walk out, thinking you're there, you're gonna take over. One person's gonna take over all five of these teachers' classrooms. And the teacher comes in and we sit there and we try and manage every five class and you run from class to class. And what happens is you get one person standing up and saying, this isn't what God called me to be. This isn't what he called you to be. You're a brother in Christ, you're a sister. Let's steward these learners. And I've seen the change slowly in a school, one after the other, how you see they look at these student teachers come in, these students who, who start standing up for, this is what my God says, and I don't want to leave my learners with no work. I don't want to walk out of a classroom and think, you know what, I'm going to go to a meeting now and I'm going to go have coffee because my learners must just work with it. They've got a textbook, they must just take the initiative themselves without the encouragement, without the learning, without the, the enforcing them to do it. So what we've done is our teachers are positioned in different schools. We have several in the King School West Rand, but we have them positioned all over, and we give them experiences. I've never been in a taxi. Last year for me was a tremendous experience because you get to see the essence of community. A lot of us live in these little bubbles, and we, we don't know what other people go through. You don't understand it. And then we look at them and we want to say, oh, well, they should know better to burn down the school. They should know better that tomorrow what's going to happen? But we don't put ourselves in their shoes. We don't learn. We don't try to open our little bubble as Christ called us to do. Christ called us, be tolerant, get to know one another. And by going into the communities, often we learn. Students learn. Well, you know what? My community, do I even know my neighbor? But look at how these, this community works. Look at how these people are working together for the better of the community. And then you get people coming into the private schools and you see how the education is run in the private school versus the non-private, in the rural versus the urban. And you get to experience different facets of the body of Christ. You get to experience and touch lives of people that don't know Christ. They've never even heard of him. And you say to them, do you know? And they, do you know who Jesus is? And they, they look at you and they say, yeah, he's, he's the man with the stick waiting. All the, and that's all they know about him. Or he was some man on a cross, but they don't know what exactly happened and what that cross means and what it means for them and for the rest of their lives from now into eternity. Our time on earth is like a long string. This part of the string is now. The rest of that string that rolls on and on is forever and ever. And to bring our children into knowing that, to bring the teachers who are going to teach them, who are going to stand as role models, who are going to point them to Christ in the education, in the facets of life. That is what we're about. And that is what we're about. It's like a domino effect, touching one life at a time. And one teacher stands in a new school and ch starts changing that school and standing up and saying, this is the God I've got. This is the king and the creator of the universe who's called me to stand and be his light and you to do the same. And he loves you and he died for you and he came for you. And it's to raise up that generation. Let us touch lives and let's change the situation. Let's not run from it and say, you know what, that country looks like they're having a bit easier. I'm going to go there. Let's stand in the country we've been birthed and say that my God has made me to stand on his word. So the course is taken over this year by a company called the ACSI, which is the Association of Christian Schools International. They have several schools um, worldwide. They have 23,000 members, that's member schools, on their board and in 100 different countries. So they're a non-profit organization, and they've helped. They've come aboard to help and try and help grow and develop. These teachers get to go on spiritual courses of formation 
where you sit and you reflect and you get given books to read on theology and the Bible and you go intercepting onto the Bible and the different books in the Hebrew and the Greek and you get to explore God's word on levels that many people don't bother. They don't care to want to get to know what's God's word really saying here? What's he saying to me as a person? So this is what we're busy with at the moment. This King School's just down the road. You're welcome to come and visit us. Um, and we're, what we're wanting at the moment or what we're needing, this course, to be able to grow further. It's a module, a model that we're hoping to take all over the country. And yes, there are models out there teaching teachers. There's several out there if you go and have a look. But not many of them, if any of them, focus on the spiritual side too of the learners, of their teachers that are teaching the next generation. They focus on the content of the education and maybe a little bit more of the facilitation of in-classroom in practice. But God doesn't come into the picture often. He's maybe there and we pray and maybe once or twice, it's awesome, great, we've done our prayer, we're Christians. It's not about the relationship and developing, growing it. Praying for that thirst, praying for the learners that teach, you teach every day. Praying for the education and the words that come out of your mouth to be his and spirit-filled. And that's what our course is trying to accomplish. And we're trying to make the model something that can be taken throughout South Africa and throughout the world to different schools. That's the vision, where we see it going, where we hope for it to go. And we feel that God's given us this calling. So in order to do this, like I said, some of these teachers get a stipend. This is their entire salary. Um that they get, and in order to pay for the UNISA and pay, and we come alongside as much as we can. So if there is anybody out there that feels moved or that prayerfully God says to you, you know what, I want you to use this and develop the kingdom through this method, through these people, to this body of Christ. We're different churches all over South Africa, but we're all the same body. We all belong to the body. We all have a function. We all have a purpose. And sowing into the body is sowing into Christ's body. So my request today and what I ask is if you feel moved, if you feel that God's calling you, this is the place to invest or this is the place where he wants you to sow. Um, if you feel like your business wants to sow, it is an NPO. Um, you're welcome to come and get more information from me at the back. Um, it does cost 3,000 Rand a month per, per learner, per teacher learner that gets given out every month. Um, you don't have to necessarily, if you can't or you don't feel led to give that much, it's your choice. But that is where we're going. That's what we're doing. And I'd like you to spread the word. Spread the word that the teaching in South Africa is going to be risen. And it's going to be risen through Christ. And it's going to be for his glory and for his will that all of us will be able to stand and say, our education system's not bad. God is using it. He's working it. And we're going to do education to the excellence of God. An excellent education. So if you feel led, you can come speak to me. There are several things that um, it entails that I can give you a lot more information on it. I've got little booklets. Um, and I look forward to, to hearing people's feedback, your beliefs on this. And, what you, and I look forward to hearing people talking about the program. Because the more we talk about it, the more people know in South Africa that our education has hope. Our country has hope. We've got a future. Our future is God-filled. Our future is one that we can say God promised to prosper us and we believe it and we stand on his word. He is king of kings and he is the ruler and we put it into his hands and we know that with him, he builds the house. If we try, it doesn't work. But with him building, the house is built and it thrives and it prospers 
and everything will be to his glory. Thank you. Come on. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thank you very much, Angela. The one thing she didn't mention is that if you're a teacher here, you can also join the program, okay? If you are an aspiring teacher or you're a teacher, you can also join the program. And she'll be at the back there, and she's got some information with her to give to you. Amen, family. Can we please stand? We want to end this uh, in prayer, and Pastor Andrew is going to lead us in that in a moment. Um, but I would love for us, sometimes as Christians, we, we, we're guilty of not acting out on things that matter. All right? Um, yes, we should keep praying and, and praying for stuff. But when there's an opportunity to step out and, and do something that will make a difference in somebody else's life, let's do that. Amen. Let's do that to the best of our abilities. Thank you. Thanks. Pastor Mike, there was also just really great input. And I, and I think we can give a hand of thanks to both. Just thank you so much. Uh, you know, on Mother's Day, I shared something about the major influences in a person's life. And despite everything that comes out of TV, movies, etc., the family still remains the greatest influence. And the second greatest influence is always education, is always the school. And how many of you had a teacher <laughs> that motivated you to do something? And they've shown that more than 50% of all career choosers are based on a teacher. Isn't that interesting? And so I'm going to ask you to sit down as we stand up, uh, because I actually only want those who are in education to stay standing. If you are in education, you're a teacher, you're aspiring to be a teacher, you're studying to be a teacher, please stand up. Um, and in fact, if, if you know someone who, uh, or you're related to someone who is a teacher and you want to stand in the gap for them, you can also stand because we want to pray for that. And we are trusting that God's going to change the lives of people. He's going to change our education system, and it's one of the ways to change the nation. I want you to just extend your faith to these as we pray for them. Father, thank you for each one of these, even those that are standing in proxy. We declare right now, Lord, an incredible grace and wisdom, a wisdom to say, here's the curriculum. How do I weave God into that? Here's what I need to teach. How do I be an example of Christ and release biblical truth into that? We're asking, Father, for a fervor across the nation. We pray, Lord, that teachers would come back who have left. Father, we've been praying for this, that you would rise up an army of those who would educate from from young to old, that would cause there to be a generation that would rise up who not only understand knowledge, but they have wisdom as well. And we ask, Father, you'd release that and bless every one of these. We know, Father, many teachers battle in their finances, and we release finances now. We release provision. We release, Father, even a greater value in the government's eyes to release more and raise more and do more. Give great people to influence the government departments of education. And we thank you, Father, that you are going to change our nation, even through those who are standing and those who are studying. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Yes, give them a hand. They are great people. And Father, we just bless everyone here today and every person who's a part of this church that's on holiday at the moment. Give them great rest. Those who are going away, we pray over them. We ask, Lord, for angels to surround them. No harm will befall them. No disaster come near them, but they'll have a great break. And Lord, we release this grace that you've poured out on us this morning. 
release a grace, Father, for us to have a desire to continue learning, a desire for us to continue to know more and learn more. Father, we ask that there would be a desire even to encourage others to get involved in education. But Lord, we release right now a grace for us to press into you in a greater measure. Lord, we thank you that even as that we were in worship and singing about breaking chains and you declaring that you've given us a grace for sifting, I want to release that as well. That those who are going through the sifting process and chains being broken, I thank you, Father, for a grace right now to press through that, to have wisdom and knowledge, and the ability to come out on the other end looking more like you. Amen. God is good. If you want to know more about Jesus and you are not born again,